passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Fired up, Sam? Are you fired yes, up? Yes, I'm fired up. I'm fired up, Al Borges. It's my and... fault this week. It's not Al Borges' fault this week, folks, that we are getting a little bit of a late start. Apologies. It's never my Apologies. fault, Sam. You know, so many hats. We're wearing so many hats these days that you know, it takes a little while to get everything done. You know, Devin is on me because he says, Sam, we do the Monday morning quarterback, but you're not posting my clips on Twitter. I got to post my own clips on Twitter. So I had to make sure that I posted some of DG's oh, clips geez, on I Twitter. Tell you what, that guy's high maintenance, Sam. I don't know if it's worth all that. You're not that good. I mean, goodness. he gets hey. a couple Emmys and he starts thinking he's Brad Pitt. What's going on? Well, Al, the man did an entire film study. with uh, The only pass he broke down was a screen. Oh, my God. It Did you great. check the temperature in hell, Sam? I think it just froze over. Goodness. Yeah, gracious. man. I, you got to be proud of Devin. You got to be proud of ODG. He did a whole film uh, study. As you folks will see, Devin did a whole film study on the run game. Did and he I, stay awake, Sam? Did he stay awake the whole time? He complained. You didn't have to bump him a couple times? He complained the whole time. Oh, I promise you he complained. You know why he did it? He did it because people were – they were – like legit challenging him, like ah, Devin's not gonna even do a film study this week. <laughs> <laughs> Devin's not gonna even show up. I gotta um, say, I had my doubts. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, so, but hey, folks, we are here. We're back, and we're actually this week gonna spend the majority of the time talking actual football. Now, the circumstances demand that we mention Jim Harbaugh was suspended the day before the game. He was suspended about 18 hours before the game, and they found out about an hour before game time that he actually wasn't going to be able to coach, right? So Bush League stuff, they released it to the media before they released it to to Michigan, more Bush League stuff, right? But, you know, you get it. You get it. When they say Michigan versus everybody, like, this is real legit. You know, everybody against Michigan, not like Ryan Day when he was talking about everybody's out to get Ohio State. I have not seen nor heard any kind of, any kind of, you know, situation, scenario, critique like we see with Michigan right now when it comes to Ohio State. So it was legit Michigan against the world. And here you had Sharon Moore, Al, who was thrust into the position of head coach in one of the most hostile environments in the country. Yeah, tough situation, let me tell you. Um, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure they totally prepared for that to happen. I got to believe they did some, though, you know. But uh, to uh, have that happen on the way to the game is is uh, and whatever you do, you do. But I, that timing is not good. Now that's now you're providing not on now it's not only no head coach. That's an incredible distraction before the biggest game of the year to this point, right? Yeah. So I thought that was that was 
that was uh, misplaced a little bit. But Jerome pulled through. I mean, he did a good job. Now, that's hard, Sam. And they he had to manage the game in its entirety and call the plays and coach the O-line. Nobody mentions that part of it. Okay, I hear, well, he had to call the plays and be the head coach. No, he had to coach five guys, too. Come on now. I mean, that's a that's that's tough in a in an environment that was hostile. And that showed up early in the game with uh, I noticed on the all 22s, they were getting off the snap late. You know, there were some things going on there that were really painful. But I think they kind of ironed out as they went. But there was some uh, some growing pains playing in an environment like that and having uh, the offensive court now now have to be. The head coach. So, but I thought all told, they did a hell of a job, and so did they. So, uh, offensively, uh, we we knew that both defenses, both defenses, a lot of respect. But Penn State came in the number one rush defense in the country. In the country, no one was running on them. They were giving up sixty yards a game, and we're coming off a week where you know a lot of folks that were like, "Oh, what's wrong? Michigan's run game. Why, why is it so? Why is it not good?" And it's like not good compared to what. I mean, are we we talking about, is it not good compared to last year's? Well, is it, Mm -hmm. it's not as good as last year's, but it's good enough to win a championship, especially when you throw JJ in the mix, right? You throw him in the equation. Mm -hmm. Now in this game, though, you can't tell me Al Borges that they went into this game saying, well, we're only going to have JJ McCarthy (laughs) throw eight passes that no no that seemed like a major adjustment so take me take me into Sharon's head as a play caller live fired you're on the battlefield and you see what happens to you over the first two series yeah well this game's really interesting if you analyze I've turned this thing upside down and watched a hundred times just because it was unusual it was different you know they threw eight passes in the game and really didn't depend on JJ's heroics so much that he had he'd done so often in other games but protection issues early dictated a change in tactics sam early protection issues they had to use more running game now that was in part accommodated by their plan because their plan in this game was to use a jumbo package, what I call a jumbo package. Again, a lot of terms I use are my own terms. And oh, I'm sorry, you didn't call it the, the big asses package. Oh, I like big asses tag. I like those big round butts that can knock people off the ball. That's so good. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what it was, Sam. They put in a jumbo package. They put uh, they put uh, Miles Hinton in there. And you know who they put next to him? Trente. Oh, you know how excited I get when Trente comes in the game. Trente is just, just you, know, you talk about those big assets. I mean, he, he he makes the cut. And then uh, they use uh, Max Bradison, you know, who plays anyway, but he was in their jumbo package. And they still had all their normal, you know, dudes like, you know, Ladarius and Keegan and Zenter and Nugent and uh, Barnard. So they just had a lot of bulk. They had planned on doing that anyway, Sam. You know how I knew that? Because as soon as I saw Trente run out there with number 93 on, I said, Trente's not 93. Yeah. Trente's 53. Well, I said, he's going to play some today because they got to make the defense declare him as a receiver. And in 53, he would not be an eligible receiver because it's not like pro ball where you can report into, as a receiver and now you're a receiver. Well, 
Trent Day may not look like a tight end or may not look like a wide receiver, but if he puts that number on, they have to respect him as a possible receiver. And who knows, right? Who knows? They may throw him a pass. So we knew when he came out with that uh, 93 on that he was going to play something. So that accommodated being able to deal with some of the pass rush issues that occurred early in the game. Sam, in this game, you know how many drop back passes they threw? Uh, less than 10. Four, okay? <laughs> Four. They threw four drop back like, passes. Whoa, 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 So you sound like you've been hanging out in Florida a little bit there. No, I just coached an art. But I'm just <laughs> telling you, four ain't very many, okay? When you consider they threw 25 last week, Sam, 25 to four? Come on now. I mean, that's that's that tells you something changed drastically, right? Uh, they finished the game with 32 consecutive runs. Now, they did call a pat to actually two passes and JJ ran with one of them on fourth and one. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. And they called a play action pass. That was a DPI defensive pass interference uh, that didn't count. So none of those counted as, 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 as uh, passes, uh, but they did two call two passes, but they ran 32 times in a row against the number one team running team in the country. Now, come on, Sam, come on. They had to believe if we could stop, their passing game, we got them because we're going to stop the run. They haven't shown to be the imposing run team that they were a year ago. Not so fast, Gonzalez. Not so fast, Gonzalez. And i tell you why. They put that big-ass group in there, that jumbo group. Sam, they ran that 12 times for an average of 9.8 a play. You want me to repeat that, or did you get it? I got it. That's, that's almost 10 yards a play. 10 yards, okay? Yeah. Uh, they ran at their nickel-odd-up defense, which I'm going to go into in a minute, because they were struggling in pass protection. After the ninth play, I believe it was, of the of, of the, the first two series, mm-hmm. they shifted gears and says, we ain't going to throw into that. We're going to run into it because none of those dudes are playing run defense, and they weren't. <laughs> so the next four, run, four plays were three runs and a quick screen where it was basically a glorified sweep that they threw out to – Samaj, okay? That little ditty averaged 10.5 a play. After those four plays, and the, with that approach, you know what Penn State did, Sam? They put it on the shelf. Because <laughs> after the 25th play of the game, there was never another odd nickel look. Now, that odd nickel look's a bugger. They were taking uh, uh, Chop, kind of like that name, Chop. Uh, yep. Yeah, Chop. They were moving him around. Raising a little hell. And they had, was Isaac's the other kid? We're going to show in a film study. They did some deals with him and then brought Sutton off the other side. Oh, they were raising, they were causing some problems, okay? The big thing about it is they didn't practice enough run force in that group. They were assuming they were going to run exotic blitzes and get away with it because Michigan was going to throw every third down. Again, wrong, wrong. One down, they took the, they handed the, uh, they faked a handoff and, J.J. ran around on a little uh, pin and pull, cute pin and pull, 13-yard gain, first down on third and 11, Sam, third and 11. Next time, flipped out a quick screen to Samaj, 19 yards. I believe it was third down eight and eight. eight. Yeah, third and eight, okay? Next time, they went open zone, Sam, open zone on third and 11 and ran an inside zone play to the weak side, 22 yards and a touchdown. They didn't gap it out because they brought two guys off the edge. 
Uh, A.J. Barner sifted through on the safety and bam, it was cancel Christmas, Sam. Cancel it, okay? Mm-hmm. Christmas, we have no Christmas this year. PSU sure doesn't, okay? So though that combination of stuff, Sam, when you consider the jumbo package with all the big asses, the attacking, the ability to attack nickel defense without having to throw the ball was the difference in this football game. It was the difference. Now, there are a lot of other stuff went on in the interim, okay? There was other stuff that had an effect. But uh, J.J. McCarthy, at the end of the day, had 34 net yards, but did influence the defense on the pole a few times where they, they – one time uh, when when Donovan broke for the touchdown, J.J. really didn't do a great job of carrying the fake out, but the two guys coming off the edge were looking straight at him and they weren't looking at Donovan. That helped – immensely now it would give jj a minus for not carrying his fake out very well but he'd look at me and say coach i didn't but they still played me and i wouldn't know what to say at that point i'd say just carry the fake out shut up that's what i tell um they ran various forms of pressure they pressured 25 different times 25 different looks uh i talked about the third down package they played 21 snaps of zone they played uh 24 snaps of man to man jj played a different role in this game sam he was more of a runner slash game manager. Now, sometimes that's what it takes to win. Now, next week, he may have to be Superman and leap over some tall buildings and, you know, I do go into a circus axe and do it. It's going to happen before the season's over. Jay's going to be fine. But this game, it was more take care of business. You see him You see him running out of the tunnel. I saw a little clip of him running into the tunnel, doing a skip and high five, doing all that stuff. You'd think he'd thrown for 500 yards. He threw for 60. Okay. He didn't care. He don't care, Sam. Just make sure at the end of the day, we got one more point than they do. Okay? Good team player. I really like that. Uh, but that kind of, I mean, there's a lot. Sam, I got more numbers than you can count here. Okay. I mean, but, I, that's why I call you my database. Any, any, yeah, any, I, I any just number telling, I want. I'll tell you one other factor. I just want to mention this, too. One other factor was the they didn't get the second half kickoff, I think, I think, uh, uh, Penn State did. But when they got the ball, they uh they had two key third down conversions, okay? Uh on the third drive. Now, but the 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 second half, I believe they had a 12 play drive to, and kicked a field goal. Which you'd rather have a touchdown, you know. But uh it was they reestablished some dominance, which I thought was really good. Okay. Yeah, because Penn State got the ball. They were driving. They fumble. Michigan gets the ball, goes down, and get a field goal. Gets a field exactly. Goal. Exactly. You'd like more, but, you know, I'll take a ham sandwich. Well, you won't start with a ham sandwich. or rather have a steak, but a ham sandwich will keep you living. But um, just the things that were so conspicuous was the lack of nickel package in the second, second half on third down and you know, plus four, plus five, because inside of uh, a third, inside of third and four, third and three, third and two, they weren't using that package. They were going with their normal stuff. But when it got into a pure pass, they were using they 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 got rid of that completely. It just depended on their four two pressures to get them. Uh, but it was uh, it was an interesting game because the tactics shifted so early in the game, and what I believe to be basically geared to the issues with pass protection. Yeah, so three times in the first nine snaps, they come blowing off the edge, basically untouched. Oh, so it was you, tough. <laughs> yeah, you got a decision to make as a play caller. So, it, it, but it's one thing, and this is where I really wanted want you to dig in, Al. <clears throat> one thing to say, all right, D 
these guys are not they aren't paying attention to like he didn't co- it's not those guys being undisciplined when they all these guys are coming through for the screen and i swear it was like they it's just they shocked that oh my gosh we got through so easy <laughs> and they flip it out or on third down they're running right past rushers right they were doing what they were coached to do that is what Manny Diaz coached them to do in that game. But you have the elixir, right? So, Sharon, you mentioned the third down plays, the quarterback pin and pull, the screen, the third and 11, that Donovan cuts the open zone, he cuts back for a touchdown. But now you're in the second half, Al, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't throw a single pass in the second half. Now, you got to take me in and take the people in because you got a lot of fans who, yeah, they're, ex- they're excited about the outcome. But they're like, oh my gosh, it, 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 you can't you can't expect to play like that versus Ohio State as if Michigan had played like that in any other game, right? This seemed like a unique set of circumstances. And at some point, Sharon thought to himself, I'm not gonna throw the football again. Take me into that. Take me into that calculus as a play caller. Why you think he went in that direction? What went into it? Number one, how was your defense playing? And the defense was doing a wonderful job of holding Penn State off. Uh, they were getting pressure on a quarterback who in in several third-down situations was ineffective. Penn State would sparingly run the ball some, but it wasn't putting points on the board. So you as an offenser afforded the luxury of being a little more conservative without reining it in so far that they just come back and beat you. And that's a delicate balance here now. Just know that. Because you can get second guess. But they decided that, hey, there's some cracks in their armor in this running game, particularly with our jumbo personnel, and not just with our jumbo personnel, because they had some good runs in basic 11 personnel with three wides in the game, or, or you know, 12 personnel with two tight ends. It wasn't, uh, it was uh, kind of a battlefield decision. You know what I mean? I don't think in their wildest dreams they would have imagined the game going the way the game went. But in in battle, things never go the way you want. You know, oh, we're outflanked on this side. We got to bring some soldiers over here. We got to do this. They got the high ground, so we got to find a way to attack it or whatever. Things change, and they changed and made all the right decisions. PSU changed and made all the wrong decisions, uh, particularly uh, insisting on running their odd nickel. Okay, that type of thing. Uh, they jumped into when 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 when. When uh, when Michigan went to their jumbo package, uh, PSU adjusted their adjustment was to run double legal and come up there. Oh, much like we talk about in those shark blitzes where guys are coming inside those big guys. They were slanting inside those big guys. Well, Sam, those guys are big guys. They were picking those dudes off and getting play started. And that strategy was used against Jumbo almost the entire game after the, you know, about the first quarter. It just didn't work. It didn't, didn't work. work. It didn't work. I mean, they, the, and I, I want to point out one thing on a couple of plays that were big plays by a, a Drake Nugent. He made a couple calls that I'm going to talk about on the film study where he put all the line on the right page to take the proper angles to pick off Penn State's blitzes. That's the center doing that. That's the center doing that. He he was Olu did it last year. Remember against uh, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Well, well, uh, Drake did it a couple times against the Penn State, and it made a big difference because they gashed him. 
they just gashed him. It was the the first touchdown to to Donovan uh, on that third and eleven. I think he made a plus call, got them all going, and then on a, on a on a long run to Donovan, he turned everybody back right into where the blitz is. I know he called this because the design of the play was not to block it the way they blocked it. He adjusted it. So I think those little things were just huge in helping Michigan run the football. Yeah, man. You know, we, we often make chess analogies, right? You know, you, they used him as a chess piece, like, like Trente. You know, he's all, he was the wing. He was the tight end. He was doing different things. The chess analogy here to me in this game was, look, you can play the board or you can play the opponent, right? You can play the game or you can play the opponent. There's some people that go in and they have a, a script in their mind about the moves they're supposed to make. I'm supposed to throw passes. I'm supposed to be balanced. So I'm going to throw this ball because I'm supposed to. But if you play the opponent, you've, you've wiped Manny Diaz out. You've outcoached Manny Diaz, period. And you got to realize you got James Franklin on the other side. And at some point, James Franklin is going to do a James Franklin thing. So let's play the odds here, Al. I mean, you, you got to do this. And it's kind of a veteran coach move. You said you got to play. To play to your defense, they're doing well. You know you're gonna pop a you're gonna pop one or two offensively because your run game's going. What are the odds that they are gonna be able to make a bunch of drives, a couple of drives up and down the field versus good. versus if you make a mistake and you give them a short field, now, now you're playing yeah, the now you're That's exactly it. I mean and and it's not fun for the fans because I, I I was sitting with a group and I was going throw a pass on first down throw a pass on first down and, uh, well yeah I mean that's more fun to watch <laughs> and maybe I hit it and everybody be excited but the way the game was going I think it tactically it was handled I won't say to perfection but pretty doggone good because the, he understood the dynamic the defense was holding off. Penn State, we were running the ball well. We did not want to get behind the chains, okay, and have to be in third down 11 and depend on running on third and 11 or third and 10 every time. So they just kept pounding their ass. They kept they kept going. If some of them were two-yard gains, Sam. Some of them were one-yard. And I said, bam, there he goes. You know what I mean? They just – you pound – and the run game is about pounding that rock and making it crack. And that's really what Michigan did. They pounded the rock for a few ugly runs because let me tell you something, Penn State's pretty good up front. Boy, after watching the All-22, they are they have a very good front. I can see why their defense uh, is so good, run defense particularly, but pass rush also. But they pounded it until the rock, the, the, the rock cracked. And when the rock, rock cracked, they were ahead enough where Penn State just was not equipped for whatever reason to make up the difference. Yeah, man, and you look, look. <laughs> the coaching disparity, the composure. Let's let's talk about composure, because so much is happening, Al. I mean, you could see in Sharon after the game. They got a lot of different opinions on that nationally, right? But what it said to me is what I've been talking to you guys about here on these shows. The players largely have seen this as an annoyance and as a as a show of disrespect. Like, hey, okay, you you think we only are as successful as we are because of Connor Stallions, all right, bet. We're we going to show you, right? But the coaches, that's who I think is really feeling the the, pre- the frustration, the, the the pressure, the anger. And you kind of saw that boiling over 
I yeah. thought after the game. So imagine, imagine all of that emotion. That, that didn't just arrive after the game. That that emotion you have that going into oh, the yeah. game. Yeah, right? well, and, and during the game. And See, during the game. Yeah, what I saw that Sam, and I want you, you I want, I want you to finish. I know, but, but th- he got to understand this guy. He had to have those all those responsibilities during the game, coaching the offensive line, managing both sides of the ball in terms of when we go for it, when we punt. Well, you know what I mean? He's not coaching the defense, but he's dictating what happens with the defense a lot of times. And he's got to call a damn place. Right. This, and I know doing that, I never had all that responsibility in one game like Jerome just had. And when they won this huge game and the way they won the game and with all the other stuff behind it before, all he, what you saw was his sincere outpouring of emotion because it was over, okay? He was over, and he was sending – I'm sure he was feeling elation and relief. And and and, and I think a, a great uh, loyalty to, to Jim Harbaugh. I think all those things together, that was, that was completely genuine. Agree with it, disagree with it, put it down. I don't give a rip. What, what he just had to do – and succeed in doing in an environment that was very difficult to succeed in, that was the byproduct or residual effect of all that emotion. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting to with the, with the composure. So everything you saw boiling over, they had and he had that emotion heading into the game. So you're able to compartmentalize. You're able to put that to the side. And now you're in the game. This is one of the most or maybe the most hostile environment in the country, and they're coming for you. I mean, they're they're coming after you. You can't block them. If you're gonna drop, you drop back 25 times. Your stats, you drop back 25 times last week, and you've only done four, and they've already come off the edge three times in the first nine snaps. What do you do? I feel like the Speed movie with with uh, you know where oh boy, Dennis Hopper was like, "What do you do?" Right? That's Sharon in that moment, and he figured out what to do. Compare that to James Franklin. So this has been a nip-tuck affair the whole game. Both defenses are playing well, right? The, the, the game itself has become a running game. Sharon hasn't panicked the whole game, right? Playing to his defense, running the football, we're going to be okay. James, on the other hand, is fourth and, nine, fourth and six from your own 30 with four and a half to go and two timeouts. He panicked, Al. He panicked. Now, you, you talk about the, the coach deter- setting the tone on both sides of the ball, but setting the tone offensively. You, you got you to gotta look at what's happening with your team. I know, I'm, far be it for me to say I never coached, but I'm, I'm looking at how Sharon is managing his team, and I'm looking at how James Franklin managed his team. Your quarterback was struggling. Sharon saw his quarterback get hit. We're going to make sure he doesn't get hit. Your quarterback is struggling. You're going to make him go on fourth down for the game when you have an alternative? and your defense is playing well, you clearly don't have faith in your offensive coordinator. How do we know that? You fired him the next day. And you're going to put the game on him right now when you still have an alternative? He panicked, Al. You have a coach, a, a veteran head coach, who panicked and got out coached for, from, by a coach who was coaching his second game. Yeah. Yeah, and I tell you what uh, had an effect, too, Sam, in – the, and it made Franklin make some of these decisions that you're talking about. 
But I was told when I first started coaching, what is the most demoralizing thing to have happen to you in a football game? You know what that is? To have the ball run down your throat. It is a demoral has a demoralizing effect on the defense and in turn the entire team. And then I think, getting back to what you were talking about, it can have an effect on the head coach's decision-making for the offense, for his own offense, knowing that I can't give these guys the ball back. I can't watch this anymore. When, in fact, the game is still close. The game is still winnable. The game is still, you know what I mean? If they can find a way to get on a short field, whether it's a, a bad punt or a turnover or something, they're right back in the game. But that running, that ball getting run on them had an effect on what you're talking about Franklin's doing, okay? I promise you it did. So, uh, and it goes back to, like I said, who Michigan pushed the right buttons. They pushed the right buttons for their, themselves, Amazing and they pushed nation. the right buttons forcing Penn State to do things that they probably regret. Yeah, man, it was a, it was a, uh, a lesson, a lesson in composure. That was was taught by the basically the guy who should be the student in this yeah. equation, and he wound up being the teacher talking about Sharon Moore. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Folks, if you have questions for Al, get them in the comments. We will get to them after his grades. All right, so start lining them up, and I'll start making it happen as far as the question is questions are concerned but al right now why don't you give us your grades for the game well uh, <laughs> let me whoop those out here sam i'm a little here we go 
uh, I had uh, the old line. I gave them a B, and I couldn't give them an A because there were too many times when they struggled to block their guys. But be, anybody that can uh, make as many big plays through the run game and only throw eight times in the whole game, you can't. I tempted to give them an A, but I just I, their overall grades were not as high were not as high as they've been in other games. But I thought they were solid as hell. Okay, the tight ends again not a factor in the passing game for all they caught a ball or two there when they, there was only eight passes thrown. But did a pretty good job of blocking. I gave them a B. I thought they were they were pretty darn good. The uh, wide receivers, I don't know. What do you give the wide receivers, Sam? They were kind of glorified guards in this game, right? So I gave them a B. There weren't any plays made. There weren't a lot of opportunities made. When they had to block, there was a couple of things that did get away from blocking that I that I couldn't, I couldn't give them an A. But they, too, were a B. All right? The quarterback was solid. Did he do anything great? No, but he did some stuff that affected the defense. And I couldn't give him anything less than a B, okay? But it wasn't one of his A games. I can't say that. He just didn't have the opportunity to present that to him. But the running backs, Sam, they were an A. They did a good job. They came out. And, Sam, I don't know if you remember this or not, but earlier in the year when everybody was talking about how the run game is, I said there will be a game where that run game breaks out. I'm not sure which game it's going to be in. But there's going to be a game where that old run game that we saw a year ago broke, and I think this was the game. This was the game where the run game took charge of the dynamic, and it was much, much more effective than it's been all year. And I, I think there, there might be some carryover in these la- in these last games now that they've gained the confidence to do that. But uh, I think I hit everybody. Didn't that wide receiver? Yeah, I got them all. So that's how I graded him. It was a solid B performance by the offense. They played better, but the, the opponent was tough. Man, was I'm telling. giving JJ an A. How can you not okay, give JJ right. an A? They, look, they he only threw eight passes, and the ones that he threw, uh, Devin Thompson, like the the rush was on him in two seconds. No like, question. It was, right, it was right there, and then running the football, JJ running the football, or just being a threat was such a huge factor in this game. It was. I, just, it was. I think you're being too tough on him, giving him a B. Yeah, that's too bad. I, I, that's how I'm going to grade. I, I'll flip you my grade sheet. You give him your grade sheet, okay? <laughs> but he ain't getting more than a B. <laughs> All right, folks. Keep the questions for Al coming. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, an update from our friends at Autograph. See that guy over, over Al's shoulder, Tom Brady? So I told you guys that that old TB12, TB12 came to the rescue of the Michigan Insider. We got so many things going. We got the video channel growing. We just uh, we just set an all-time high for subscribers over on the website. So thank you for that. If you aren't on the MichiganInsider.com, what are you waiting for? That's where it all goes down. Great message board community. Great inside intel. Accurate intel on football, basketball, and recruiting. And all of this, this saga that's going on, we got you covered. From A to Z for pennies a day over there. But you know what we don't have? Or at least what we didn't have until we got with Tom and his team at Autograph? We didn't have an app. And so people are like, hey, man, I want all your stuff. I like, love your site. Love your site. But it'd be great if I could get everything in like a feed on an app. Right? Alerts. You know, your YouTube page, your podcast. You know, it's great for mobile, our site. But, you know, the convenience of an app, we didn't have that until Autograph came along. And aggregated 
all of the elements of fandom. So all of the best sites you read, including ours at the Michigan Insider, flows through on the app. So you want to see the latest stories, the hottest intel, Carter Smith, the quarterback commitment that just, you know, out of Florida, that just committed to Michigan over Florida, Florida State, Miami. That comes coming through on your phone. Or the latest episode of the Michigan football breakdown with Al Borges, a Monday morning quarterback, or Sandy dropping dimes, comes through on the app, right? Or our podcast, you know, if you just want to listen, comes through on the app. Some of the other great sites, like Go Blog, comes through on the app. And the best thing about it, though, is it all those things that you do as a fan? You get points for it. You get rewarded for it. So as you read stories, as you go to special events and check in, you're accruing points. And you can redeem those points for rewards. Rewards like, see, I'm advocating for this. Let me pull it back out. They made me a Wolverine, people. You never look so good, Sam. Yeah, when, when Tom's team came to town, they made me a Wolverine. This was the this was the gift that they gave. I'm trying to show it so the lights don't shine on it. I was like, oh man, that's cool as hell. That's so cool. It's so cool that I think I think my people, they this would be a, a reward that a lot of folks would be cool with, right? So I had to make it part of my background that Al came in the office and he messed it up yesterday. <laughs> You know, you'll see on the film study he was messing up my my background. But rewards, different kinds of rewards that you can re, you can redeem those points for. So again, the app is available for iOS users. Al knows what iOS is now. I do I, now. I do. For iPhone users, the announcement they say that the Android app is on the way. All right, and I'm advocating for it. Daniel Horton is a Droid user as well. You know, so don't hate on us, Droid users. So, but you iOS users can get the app right now by going to link.ag.fan slash Sam Webb. That's link.ag.fan slash Sam Webb. Also give you a QR code here coming up as Tom Brady himself will tell you all about the autograph app. Here is Tom taking it away. Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today. All right, folks, so you see it. There is the QR code for those of you who want to try it out right now. You iPhone users, it's strictly for you. Oh, by the way, for folks who uh, listen to the podcast on the app, got a lot of feedback. They say, hey, we want to be able to, you know, fast forward, you know, go back, skip. Uh, So we want to be able to do that. They've added that functionality now on the app as well. So, again, uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, link dot ag dot fan slash sam web the code is sam web no space again leak link dot ag dot fan slash sam web code sam web same thing if you you scan the qr code if you're watching and you can uh input the code it's invite only so it's only available to michigan fans and you have to have a code to get the app so go ahead and take advantage right now folks all right get that autograph app so coach borges it is time to get into the questions. If you have questions for Al, 
start lining them up right now, as I've seen plenty of them start to flow in. So let's get you started on the first one. Al Borges from Steve Horn. How did you, how much did you like that? You forgot the first word, Sam. Say the first word. (laughs) Gorgeous. How much did you like that big butt mammoth package? That Sir uh, Mix-a-Lot package. How about oh, you like it, God, I liked it a lot. I liked it so much, I didn't even know what to say. And then they, they kept trotting out there. The earth was kind of shaking a little bit when they ran out there, you know. And you were knowing that there was a you know, serious chance it was going to be a run play, right? Now, they did throw two passes in that group, just FYI. Okay, the one that I told you before, a little naked on fourth and one, where J.J. ran the ball, and then the one that was the defensive pass interference. So it wasn't 100% run. But uh, if you're a bet man, you could bet that the beef was going to be moving some folks on that. And I just, oh, God, I just, I like watching that stuff, Sam. I don't know what it is. Doesn't bore me, Sam. I can talk about jumbo packages to your puke. Okay. No, no more jumbo package talk. All right, let's get back to the, <laughs> let's get back to, to the question. <laughs> All right, so here's one from Venice 902 by 91. He said, right tackle is a is a problem in pass pro. Would you make that – would you draw that conclusion or would you just well, – he, he, uh, Barnard, Barnard had not been uh, to this point, but he, uh, he faced some difficult issues. They put Chop Robinson on him. They put Sutton on him, and there were some crowd noise issues, so I don't know if he's getting off the ball as quick. But uh, he, he was in this game, but has not been in his defense. He's been pretty doggone solid. So I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater on that one. All right. Let's go back to it. This one comes from William Hahn, who says, Al, do you think they have screens in the repertoire to mitigate the pass rush? We, we well, they just showed – yeah, they just showed they did, didn't they, Sam? Yeah. They threw that little quick screen out there to uh, Samash Morgan, and he turned it into a 19-yard gain and a first down. and. And I think uh, if this continued to be a problem, which I don't know that it will, but it could, uh, they probably would be wise to get a little more in. And I'm sure they probably have some screens that they haven't used. So I would stay tuned on that one. So, Al, this is a very frequent question over the years we've been doing this. You know, Michigan is not a heavy screen team. I mean, they, they run them so infrequently that you can – you can remember when they ran screen, like they ran the screen against Illinois last year. Oh, yeah, twice, yeah, uh, two big yeah, plays. Yeah. yeah, with uh, with with Blake, right? And you can remember this tunnel screen to to uh, to Samaj, right? Why, why can't you just say, okay, we're just going to run a lot? Let's just run more screens. Maintenance, Sam. Maintenance, man. You're talking about a play that takes a lot of practice, man. We would spend individual periods of 15 plays running nothing but screen passes. There's a lot of things that involve the screens. And from last year, I think some people probably got a good idea. When I when I telestrated the screen against Illinois, there were just so many details. And practicing them is hard because you got to tell the scout team to rush up the field, and sometimes they get a little lazy. Those types of plays are – screens are kind of finesse plays. And a lazy player can stop a screen, a guy that's not playing very hard. So, you know, you're at the risk of that. But, but I always felt – that I was more of a screen guy, that if you hit 50% of them, it's pretty good because they're usually big plays. They create explosives. But what Michigan has decided, we're going to spend time on other stuff. We're going to spend time on play pass and taking the ball down the field. 
we're not going to spend time on RPOs and screens. Those are not, we'll have them, but they're not going to be a big piece of what we do. We'd rather get good at this, this, and this. And that would mean, you know, not doing as much of the other stuff because you can't do everything, Sam. Remember, I told you before, it's a candy store, right? You eat too much candy, you get sick. You got to pick what you're going to eat. And that's that's the way Michigan thinks, I think. All right, let's get back to the questions for Al. Folks, if you have questions for Coach Borges, put them in the comment section and we will get to them. It doesn't matter if you're on YouTube or Facebook. They all come through. All right, so uh, continuing. This one from Jesse uh, Zavala. Forgive me if I didn't say your name correctly. Coach, any concerns about a letdown in Maryland with it being such an emotional, intense game, the one they just played versus Penn State? Uh, not really, no, because they have so much on the line, you know. But Maryland's dangerous, you know. They, they, it is probably what most people would call a trap game. Did you see what Nick Saban did with Kentucky? No. He put a bunch of traps in his, his uh, locker room that the players had to walk around. They were real traps, too. They they used to have to because <laughs> he was trying to send a message that the Kentucky game being on the road so it could could have easily been a trap game. I just thought that I'd, I'd throw that in there, but. Uh, it is a little similar to that, you know, so it's going to require that their best effort. Maryland's Maryland is not what I thought they'd end up being. Now, I didn't think they were going to be great, but I thought they would play better than they've been playing, but they've struggled with some teams that I thought that they would beat early in the year. So, uh, but they're dangerous. They got a quarterback and throw the ball. He's their big, heavy RPO team. Their defense is okay. I don't think they're fast. I don't know if they're overly imposing, but uh, it is a game that you're going to have to, Cross all your eyes and uh, cross all your T's and dot all your eyes. Uh, but I think if they go in there and just take care of business like they always do, I think they'll be just fine. All right. Let's keep it going. Back to the questions. Uh, this one from Jacob May. Al, does running the ball 32 times straight scare the Buckeyes? <laughs> I don't know if it scares them, but it sure as hell makes them aware, you know? Oh, because I think if if you're a Buckeye, you and they, believe me, they watch Michigan play every week. They don't see it in person; they they video it, or or somebody tells them all the details, right? Al, and the, here's the thing: when you have a traumatic experience, yeah, 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 it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. imagine you have that experience every time you see Tommy Tuberville on TV. Like oh, I, yeah. I work for Tommy Tuberville. Oh my god. Oh my God! I work for that idiot. Oh, no, that's oh. it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. yeah. Seeing Tommy Tuberville on TV in a football game didn't bother me, but seeing Tommy Tuberville on TV in the Senate scares the daylights out of me. But that aside, okay. <laughs> that aside, um, what the hell are we talking about? Get me back on the right. Oh, Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> Ohio State's been watching Michigan and going. You know what? They don't look like they run the ball very well, or they don't run the ball nearly as well as they did a year ago. This would be how they, you know what I mean? And that's a concern, right? Because a year ago, they, you know, in the last two years. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they watch the Penn State game, and it's deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra would say, right? Uh, and now they're thinking, well, man, maybe this isn't going to be quite what we thought it was going to be. So uh, I don't know. I don't think they're scared, but I think they certainly have been made aware. they got a wake-up call in Michigan's run game. Let's just say that. All right, let's go right back to the questions. Uh, here's one. You kind of you alluded to this. Greg Kaufman said, when does Michigan throw the ball to Trente out of that formation? That would be awesome. Yeah, but what if Trente can't catch a cold in Alaska? 
You don't know. You know what I mean? He may not. He may not have great hands, but they don't really know that. And the only way they'd find that out, and I'm talking about the defense, is if you threw him one and it bounced off his face mask. So See, that's why. That's why I would throw it to him in in the Maryland game to make you know the the other tougher opponents have to at least think about it. Well, let, let me think about that a little bit, Sam. I, I think it's nonsense, but let me give it some thought. No, I don't have – Trenton could probably catch a pass now. I, I promise you, if he was in this conversation, I know every offensive lineman in America because I've been through this with him, he would jump in and go, I can catch. I can catch. Just throw me the ball. Whatever. And in some instances, it's true. In some instances, it's not. Okay? But he got that 90 number on now, Sam. He got that 90. So I'm betting somewhere in there, I would not be a bit surprised if he got in a short yardage situation, threw a little play pass and slipped that little, that big old ass out there in the flat and threw it over the top. And Trent is doing backflips in the end zone, uh, high five and listening to the victors. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Back to the questions for Al. A lot of them. A lot of them this week, Al. You can keep them coming. We have, still have some time. All right, Al. Here's another one. All right, this is from Mr. Jones. Al, why don't we see Michigan uh, spamming pin and pull? They go for at least 20 yards every time. Okay. Let's, uh, again, I like to do this once a show. Okay. All right? Sam, why don't they do that more? Because Sam is an expert on this. I'm not an expert, but if, hey. You, well, you've been trained, though, Sam. Don't give me that. I'm not an expert, crap. Why I don't they do hey, man, some of these some of these odd front defenses that they've seen. They are tough to get pin and pulls on, man. You're you're asking guys to to reach across, may a man over in some instances to cut guys off. That's a really tough thing to do, Coach Ford. See, see this. I don't know, man. He never ceases to amaze me. He's a quick learner. He's a fast forgetter too. I just tell you that. Just but he's a quick learner, and that's that's it. See, pin and pulls are awesome plays. I love them, but they're only designed really to work well against certain looks. Uh, Four-man line looks, four-two looks, four-three, blah, blah, blah. That type of stuff is well-suited for pen and pull type stuff. As soon as you start jumping in all these three-man lines with all the movement, the down blocks become difficult, run-throughs become difficult. You can block them. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're not the first pick on the list. They're usually down the line or they're out of the game plan, which I think they've been out of the game plan a couple times with Michigan. So, uh, that's why. I mean, you, 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 the, the, the scheme has to fit the scenario, and sometimes the scenario is not optimal. Right. That's why you saw how many how many uh, duos did they run versus Purdue? One? They yeah, I think one. Yeah, one duo run. versus Purdue, right? Yeah. Then, but you see it the next week. I mean, you got to play the opponent. You got to play the yeah. opponent. Yeah. Hell, this week, Sam, I think there were uh, run game analysis. Uh, pass game analysis, that wasn't much. Run game analysis, they ran uh, 10 duos. 10 duos for uh, 80 yards. Four, forty-four, four, two, five, seven, plus zero, plus one, plus four, plus nine. I mean, it was pretty efficient. You got a few in there didn't get much, but you got a few that popped big. What about, didn't, didn't Blake have a big duo in there? Uh, yes, he did. 44-yard gain. He kicked it outside, Sam. He kicked it outside. Uh they were in that, I believe, that double legal look that they were using on Jumbo. That's a Jumbo duel because they ran a duel out of a couple of different looks. They weren't all Jumbos. And uh, the outside guy tried to kind of crease inside the wingman, and he got pinned. And Blake just took a shot for the corner, 
And 44 yards later, we lined up, I think, inside the 10 or 20-yard line first down. So, yeah, that was a good play. All right. The questions. I mean, Al, you would think you're this popular guy, man. Hey, folks, did I say it last week? I can't. I don't know if it showed up. Maybe it was on the film study. Al walked into the into the Victor's Lounge, and, and it stopped. All the action stopped. <laughs> I mean, we're, so we're on the stage doing the show, and people say, "Oh, it's gorgeous, gorgeous!" And they start chanting his name, "Gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous." I almost broke into song, Sam. I almost broke into song. I was waiting for some guy to walk over and drape my guitar over me and start ripping off a few tunes. Yeah, no, it was good. They they recognized you at the airport. They said you're the rub head guy. You get standing ovations coming to the Victor Styles. All the fans cheering for you. See, you should ask those fans, say, where were you in 2013? No question. Yeah, those are the same fans. Don't give me that. Those same dudes that were yelling my name with a cuss word in front of it, Sam. I thought my first name was a cuss word, but that's ball. I love it. I don't really care. I really, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. That the, what makes this game great is that people care so much, and sometimes it makes it kind of bad too for coaches. But uh, I'd much rather have them that way than apathetic. I'll tell you that. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to. The questions. Al, I keep seeing Denard on the sideline. How would he fit into this team if he were on it? Uh, probably as a running back. Yeah, probably as a running back and a very, very good running back. Although, God, you'd have to figure out how to get the carries, but he got it. He'd have to touch the ball. Now, he didn't have the greatest hands in the world. So I don't know if receiver is his deal. Okay. But as a running back, that's where I would think he would fit. And uh, anytime he got the ball under his arm, Defense got problems. So, but uh, if you want to do what they do, uh, Denard didn't really fit their style of offense. All right, quarterback anyway. Let's keep it going with the questions for Coach Ford. Just put them in the comments section. I'm gonna get as many of them as I can. Cameron Diggs. This one has come through a lot, so this will answer a lot of people's questions. Coach Borges, would you run Kenneth Grant? In goal line packages. Did you see the big fella, 350 pounds, Sam, running down the running Sam, back? I, I would run Kenneth Grant's ass behind Trente's ass. Forget about it, Sam. Forget about it. Two yards, touchdown. End of discussion. Cancel Christmas. That could actually work. That could actually work. We need to see that this week. Come on, Ron. I know they, they watch some of these. They don't watch all of them. That's a hell of an idea. Hand it off to Kenneth Grant and let Trente Jones pave the way. Stop it, I dare you. I dare How you going to stop it, Sam? How you going to stop it? That's that's a lot of beef, man. Forget about it. There's no way. Tyler, he said, put Grant out there to catch a pass. Oh, like, God. Now we got to turn it into a whole offense. No, now wait. There's got to be limitations this. Okay? Yeah, let's crawl before we can walk. Can we get the man yeah, exactly. hand off first? All right. Let's keep going to the questions as uh, Al. Gentle comedian, agree or disagree? The combination of PSU talent at the edge, especially uh, with speed and the crowd noise making it hard to get off the ball, that won't repeat versus Ohio State. Yeah. So what do you think? No, he's, he hit the nail on the head. That was an issue now. What he's saying was an issue, particularly early in the game. It was a – it was, and if you, you got to watch – I don't know if you notice as much with him playing, but if you watch the all 22, watch every play, uh, Michigan early in the game, particularly, was triggering late 
on run plays, trigging late on pass plays, because it was just it was a lot of crowd noise, a lot of commotion. Uh, a couple times they, the play got again a little bit late, you know, and, and now you're rushing, you know. So, and I've done it as a coordinator. I've done it. I've seen what <laughs> in some environments that were very difficult, man. I, I call a play a little late. Now everybody's rushing up there. Crowds involved. And, oh, man, you're asking for problems. And when it, at the end of the day, they really didn't have very many pre-snap penalties. Uh, they had to call a couple of timeouts that were a little uncharacteristic because they don't usually have to do that very often. But it was understandable based on what they were dealing with. All right. Let's keep it going. Uh, Matt Stumble, I asked earlier, but with the focus on running this last game, do you feel that really takes J.J. out of the Heisman race just because he didn't air it out? I feel he managed the field. I don't think it did. No, not at all. He has two big games. He's in it, baby. He didn't do anything wrong. He did what he had to do to win the game. And he has still more opportunities to compile the type of numbers that can win him the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I think winning the championship and all that is is first in his book, but a byproduct of that is his play. And, and every game isn't going to be like this last game. And I doubt if any more games are going to be like this last game, and you're going to see more and more JJ dependent games in the future. So, I think you answered a different question than he asked. I think you you answered the question is that the question you answered is. Should it take him out of the Heisman race? No, it should. Will it take him out of the Heisman race? Unfortunately, I think it will because you already had people talking about like one voter. I think it was Greg Doyle said, well, because Michigan has this cheating scandal, I'm taking JJ out of the Heisman race. Like, man, that part of it. Yeah, that part of it. I can't account for. I don't know. Well, with the combination of the two, such a stat. It's such a stat. And then yeah. you throw this other element on there, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, they aren't going to – you know, hopefully he's there because he is, without question, one of the best players in the country. I think he's the best quarterback in the country. There isn't a quarterback – yeah, there yeah. isn't a quarterback in this too. country that I think is better than J.J. McCarthy. Now, I, I he's got guys who are as physically talented. Make, I'm not taking anything away from the physical talents out there. But how many of those other quarterbacks, knowing that they're in a Heisman race, knowing that their head coach is not there would have accepted the game plan that Sharon Moore came up with versus saying, coach, no, nah, we are, Hey, Hey coach. No, nah, I'm not doing that. We got to do, you think Caleb Williams would have taken that? Like, like JJ just did. No, man. No, no. He is going to be the Caleb Williams show. Yeah. I'm not saying that as a, I'm not trying to slight him at all. I'm trying to highlight how much about winning in the team. J.J. McCarthy is. He's just a different yeah. dude and has the talent on top of it. I answer the question purely from a football perspective. If he does what he's been doing in the next – well, I guess it, it, the, after the last game, there'll be the all the decision-making he's done, right? If he does what he's been doing in the past, he is certainly a Heisman finalist and maybe the winner. Now, I can't account for the rest of the foolishness, okay, the people that want to eliminate a kid for whatever reasons, you know, because of some jealousy or whatever. I don't know what it is. I don't have any idea. But if you just from a pure football perspective, I still think he can compile the numbers that will put him in New York. So we'll see. Yeah, man. Uh, Dude has all the tools. He's actually, you know, he's actually out there making – He's he's reading defenses, changing for Taylor. Like he he's playing pro style quarterback. Let's get back to the questions. 
Uh, Kyle Cross, Al, after seeing our game against Penn State, how well do you expect our old line to play in the game next week? Talking about Ohio State. Um, and like years past, will our performance on the O-line determine whether or not we win? Well, the second question is easy. You're damn right it will. It'll be the difference. Now, but it may not be equate to 250 yards rushing. They may have to play pass protect well to win. But the, anyway, you cut it. The offensive line is going to be the difference. Now, uh, playing at Maryland now, one of the best ways to take the crowd out of any game is to run the ball well. I mean, that will silence people. Uh, and passing will too, but uh, like I said, uh, running is a slow death for the defense in most instances and can be demoralizing for the defense and for the crowd and take them out. So I think I think they will try and build on what they did this week, knowing that there's just no way they're only going to throw eight passes. Because that Now, at this point now, this is what you have to understand, is throwing eight passes is probably a bad strategy now because now if you do that, you're not using your weapons. Where a week ago, the weapons were being neutralized by the pass rush to a degree. Okay, and this week I doubt that's going to happen. So now you got to you got to fire all your guns, but you can start by picking up right where you left off with the running game, but just tell throw twenty five thirty passes and don't turn it over, and I think you'll get a pretty good result. Yeah, we got some people co-signing. Not a better quarterback in this country. Not one you'd rather have than J.J. McCarthy. Matt Stumble said not a single one, especially not Caleb Wood. Look, he is immensely talented immensely he may be the most physically i think he is the most physically talented guy but there's so much more as i've learned watching to be around coaches and being around players so much more to that position than just pure physical talent absolutely yeah absolutely there's so many things that are involved in the position that have come to fruition this year sam that weren't near as prominent a year ago and i'm talking about on the line of scrimmage play Footwork inside the pocket, ability to improv intelligently, you know, functional intelligence, uh, being able to run the play that you drew on the board and then use your instincts to make it happen if it's not exactly the way you drew it. And I think he's done that as well, if not better than anyone in the country. And he's and he's uh, engineering a 10 and 0 effort. And not many of the other quarterbacks are doing that. All right. We still have time for a couple more questions. Boy, a jam packed for you, Al. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. So if this is a strategy question, Carl, Carl R. Bain says, I believe if we would have passed the ball, our running game would have opened up, opened more. It would have been a lot higher. We made, we made it close. Uh, we made it close, not Penn state or our decision not to pass. I don't I don't. No, I, I don't I buy think that. I get what he's trying to no. say, but yeah, I think I know. Well, in a, in a normal game, he's one hundred percent right. That's what you want to do, and that's basically what Michigan's done all year. This had extenuating circumstances with regard to the pass game, and you could do what he's saying, and you could roll the dice and hope like hell you hold up. But when you're running the football the way they're running the ball, and the defense is playing the way they're playing, that simply isn't worth the risk at that point. Now, that's not the fans' favorite way to watch a football game. And I understand that. But you got to remember all the things involved here. And uh, in a, uh, if I'm calling the plays, I'd do exactly what he wanted to do in another game. But this game, I think, was a little different than the other games. Yeah, you know, I, let's let's kind of round this thing out on that point because I, I think people are taking one game with extenuating circumstances – and using it 
like it's the like it's the rule and not the exception. Like if Michigan had if that had been their style of play all season, I would say, okay, you got something to be concerned about. Or if, you know, Harbaugh were there in the game and they had, you know, there was no turmoil or no adversity and they had come out there and played like, you know, had that be their strategy. I'd say, okay, you have something to worry about. But Michigan hasn't played like that. That hasn't been there. All. They've been a very balanced no. attack, number one. That's why Penn State – had the game plan they did. They didn't come in this game saying we got to stop the run. They came in this game saying we got to stop Jay because they've been so balanced. And then the other piece is, man, Al, I, you can man, there is a lot going on, a lot of opportunity for distraction, a lot of pressure, and you got the crowd and the noise, and you got a good team on the other side. This was a, a plan that was unique to Penn State. Yeah, it was, and, and it was a battlefield decision, not necessarily – uh, something they had planned on in it with exactly the way it turned out. I remember now, Sam, and just on me now, is the, the last week or the week before that, there was a question that came in about what if somebody just said, we're going to stop, um, really emphasize stopping Michigan's passing game. And I think it was prefaced by, well, since Michigan doesn't run the ball very well, I don't know if you remember the question, but I do. And now it's come up. That question now has come to fruition is, is this is what happens when you emphasize trying to stop their passing game too much. All of a sudden, they become the running team that they were a year ago because the emphasis wasn't as much put on stopping the run. So, uh, uh, you know, so many ways to win a game, so many ways to lose a game. But in my humble opinion, for what it's worth, I think they went about it exactly the way they should have. Uh, I'd have to say as a play caller, I don't know if I could have been that patient to say I've done run 32 straight times, but that certainly doesn't make me right. It made, but they, they have proven facts that it's right with the score. So, Yeah, listen, uh, I remember I asked you last year, because I remember they played Illinois and it was a tight game and their defense was all over Michigan. They had to make some plays at the end to win it. And I said, Al, do you think Ohio State's going to come out and try to play like Illinois? And you said, they better not. I said, they better not. You think Ohio State's going to come out and try to play like Penn State? I, I think you should. Fans, you should want that. Like, you should beg Ohio State to come out with, with Penn State's game plan. Say, please, please, football gods, let Jim Knowles make the same mistake twice. Let Jim Knowles. Let him look like let, let him be stuck on stupid and come out with a Penn State game plan because if he does, it is it's a blowout. It's a blowout again. I don't expect him to do it because there has been a metamorphosis a metamorphosis uh, in terms of approach. He, we've seen him be much more conservative with his defensive. Call. Well, I guess I, I guess that was a Michigan was an anomaly, so I can't even say that. This yeah, season, it was an anomaly. Yeah, yeah it's been much yeah, it more like anomaly. he was before the Michigan game last year. Yes, yes, because I, I don't think, I don't think he played near as much zero coverage uh, in games before Michigan than he did in the Michigan game. That was let make the quarterback beat us, you know. Now Manny Diaz is probably saying this, Sam. He's probably saying, you know, we only gave up two hundred and eighty-seven yards. They didn't even get three hundred yards on us. They only scored twenty what twenty-five points. They averaged what thirty-something points. Uh, I'll tell you, we played pretty good. That was not 
the way the game went. That is not that, – that, that number is deceiving, okay? Uh, 287 yards is pretty pretty good defensive effort against a team that's 9-0. and But if you look at all the factors during the course of the game and how they got – they converted clutch third downs, running the ball and doing all this stuff – is I would not consider that a great defensive game, even though the numbers might may, might lend to that lend to that thinking, uh, lend you to that thinking. So, uh, whatever. There's a lot of ways to win a game, and that just happened the way to be the way Michigan chose, and it was the right way. All right, uh, we rapid fire here, Al. Uh, people want Aaron Olmstead says, "What's your Maryland score prediction?" Oh God, I hate predicting scores, man. Uh, I uh, I did an event this week, and it was a watch. We all watched the game, and at halftime, I answered questions. And at halftime, they asked me, what's the final score going to be? said, I don't know, but I think they'll win by 10. And they won by 9. So I did pretty good, but I'm usually not good on that. But I I, don't, I hate picking a score. But just off the top, my, my instincts would tell me that Michigan's going to probably score over 40 points on Maryland if they don't turn the ball over. So I'd say 42 to 14 maybe 21, uh, but nobody scored 21 on Michigan yet, have they? Nope. Uh, so that's probably a bit of a stretch. They are a pretty good offensive team, though. I will yeah, say Mar- that. Okay, 42 to 21. How's that? Okay. Lamar said, I don't see. Okay. We'll see. 21 would be a lot of points. That would be a lot uh, of points. You've not yeah. right. Yeah. Lamar Sanders says, what is it about our run scheme that allowed Donovan to finally pop? Okay. What happened is this, okay? They picked three run plays, all right? Three-run plays, they ran the uh, quad power from Jumbo, which is a power play with an extra gap. And I'm going to diagram this, show you, watch the film study. This will encapsulate that. They ran the open side zone play, which is a zone play to the split inside and cut it back almost every time they ran it. And they ran the duo, which is, you know, the, the mother play of the offense. They ran that 10 times. Those three plays, they just kept pounding. Now, they threw a few little, you know, ancillary plays in there. But those were the plays, and they just kept pounding them and pounding them pounding them. And with that many runs in the game, a guy like Donovan's going to get more opportunities. I've been saying this all along. Why isn't Donovan getting more yards? He's not getting as many carries. Well, he got more opportunities. With more opportunities comes more chances for something to pop. That's what happened with both of them. Donovan popped him. And Blake popped him. So uh, I think that's, without going into every blocking scheme, which we will do in the film study, I think that's was it. All right. And it's the last one. T- TB says, will JJ be back next year? Um, I think it's on the table. I think it's on the table. I, you know, if I had to bet, I'd say he he's more likely to go than stay. Uh, because I, I just, I, I don't see how a pro, how these GMs, could evaluate these quarterbacks and not really see JJ as being one of the most ready. I'm talking about among the top guys, you know, if he's not the most ready for the NFL from a, not just a physical standpoint, but up top upstairs, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked, man. I mean, the, the dude just has a, but you know, they get mesmerized by the big stats and the, you know, some of the physical uh, measurables that a lot of these other guys have. And so that, that can lend itself. I mean, if you got a chance to be QB one next year, you know, and and you're, if you're not top ten this year, man, that could that could be compelling, especially if the NIL is right. So it's on the table, on the table. 
Coach Borges, we got a film study to do because I can hear Vance right now say, hey, hey tell, tell Al to wrap it up. Tell Al, wrap it up. Tell Vance, keep his pants on. <laughs> so, so we are going to wrap it up right now. Folks, uh, again, appreciate you coming through like you do every single week. Remember, check out that autograph app as we uh, saw a lot of folks on here who said they've tried it out and they've had a great experience with it. So uh, we think you will too. Here is one more time that QR code. Uh, you can check out the autograph app for you iPhone users right now. Droid is coming. All right. Droid fans or Droid users. The app is coming for you down the line. And for those of you listening, link.fan.ag. And oh, excuse me, link.ag.fan slash Sam Webb. Let me say that again. Link.ag.fan slash Sam Webb. And the code for the app is Sam Webb. No space. Sam Webb. No space. So be sure to check that out. And until next time, folks, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the offense with Al Borges. Go Blue! It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.